namaskaram welcome to this episode of kooli the crimes of india podcast i'm sneha and i'm in hyderabad and this episode is part of the hashtag dna fights rape save the evidence campaign that we are currently doing with ogilvy india today i'll be talking to our very special guest mr vivek sood who's a senior advocate at the supreme court of india welcome to our uh, show sir thank you so much for joining us today right so uh, can you start us off by telling us what what are your reasons for being a part of this campaign because it is a very good campaign we just we ask all our guests personally what are your reasons uh, you know as a as a senior counsel i strongly believe that i must return something back to the society you know we are we are all doing commercial matters we are all you know doing professional work but uh, i always believe that every senior counsel must devote some time for a social cause or a legal cause yes. and uh, you know so uh, i do some pils also and this was a campaign that uh, you know hit my heart and uh, so therefore i was invited to become a brand ambassador for this dna fights rape campaign and i yes. decided to uh, you know join this campaign and contribute uh, to the best of my ability so you know whenever there are some webinars or seminars etc i am generally invited by ogilvy to be a speaker yes. and yes. Uh, i give my views i so the whole campaign is to promote dna as a as an evidence in sexual yes. offences so it, yes. it's a laudable cause and i'm very happy to be a part of this cause absolutely it's actually a great inspiration for us young lawyers so you know giving back to society this is something we are not taught whenever you know it's it's there but it's not taught and i think this is great this is your reason this is amazing so obviously currently india is seeing changes in the dna database uh, scenario so what do you see as a constitutional challenge to forming such a dna database especially given how the supreme court's judgment is in the selvi versus state of karnataka uh, case and reading that with article 20 class 3 so where do you see us going in that uh... Uh, you know i i have read selvi a couple of times selvi was concerned with the polygraph test yes. the narco analysis and the beep test Yes. you know so these are uh, these are the three tests that were uh, the impugned tests in selvi yeah. and the question yes. before the supreme court was you know whether the results of these tests or these tests whether they fall within the ambit of article 20 clause 3 of the constitution yes. which speaks of uh, a right against self incrimination yes. in other words no person accused of an offence you know should be compelled or can be compelled to testify against himself so it was in this context that the supreme court in selvi held that if force is imposed on an accused hmm. Hmm. to undergo any of these three tests so that will be unconstitutional it will be in violation of article 20 clause 3 
Yes, sir. As an auditor, you know, so hmm. therefore, the, the ratio of the decision concerns only these three tests. As an yes. auditor, the Supreme Court observed hmm. that the various other tests stated in sections 53, 53A, and 54 of CRPC, yeah. you know, like fingerprints or the blood test or yes. the sweat or the sputum. Yeah or the DNA. Now the Supreme Court has said as an auditor that they are in the nature of physical evidence. They are not yes. in the nature of a testimony given yes. by the accused. Yes. So they are of a different class and they mm -hmm. are not therefore hit by Article 20 Clause 3 of the Constitution. Yes. Now as a passing reference, you know, the Supreme Court has gone on to say in Selvi that DNA evidence is a useful tool for hmm. investigation these days. Yes, sir. But if it is used for testimonial purposes, then it will be hit. Then, then there could be a challenge to it. Now, you know, now ah, yes. there's only a passing reference. So what I understand from this is that if the DNA profile of a person, of an accused, is used to find his mens rea right. or if it is used to find whether he is a part of a criminal tribe you know or hmm. what was his motive what what is his approach whether he is a criminal element or not so that will fall within the ambit of a testimonial statement okay. it will be yeah. akin to a testimonial statement so to that extent there could be a challenge Sorry. to DNA yes. profiling, you know, in terms of Selvi. Okay. Normally, DNA evidence is used as an identifier, yes. as the identifier yes. of an individual that yes. you are the person who was there at the crime scene at that particular point of time when the crime was committed or thereafter or before the crime. Yes. So as an identifier, fire it is only a physical evidence it is not therefore it is not it will not be hit by article 20 clause 20, 3 clause 3 therefore right. i see the challenge to the dna bill in the right. context of the right to privacy that has been now recognized in puttaswami 1 yes 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 so, you know the bill i am sure the, the 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 privacy activists would you know challenge the bill and it should be challenged also it must undergo the constitutional test before the supreme court so the questions that the dna bill would raise are typically in the context of the right to privacy whether yes. whether the legislation is a part of a legitimate social interest or a legitimate interest of the state Yes. Whether, whether the legislation satisfies the test of proportionality, yes. whether, whether the legislation amounts to minimal intrusion into the privacy of an individual, yeah. yes, sir. Whether, whether the data regulatory bill of 2019, is it a foolproof legislation or there could be leakages here and there. And ultimately, yes. ultimately, whether DNA regulatory bill may lead to profiling of an individual. 
in terms of his race, etc., etc. That's going to be the constitutional challenge, in my view. Selby may not, perhaps, you know, come in the way of the updated oh. data bill. That's my so understanding. So you're saying there are bigger Selby issues Swami. than Selby coming. You're saying there are bigger issues. Obviously, that even now, uh, it is being widely criticized even among the academia who have looked at the bill. There are so many articles online who are saying these are the these are the basic points that have been brought up across the internet right now, even yes. with the first draft. Now, you know, for example, if you read Puttaswami 1, if you read Puttaswami 1 and Puttaswami 2, you read those judgments. You know, the Supreme yes. Court has examined the right to privacy, you know, from the perspective of case law that has developed even in the foreign countries. You know, for example, yes, yes. in SN Marper, I mean, there is a judgment of the okay. European Court of Human Rights, uh, you know, the course title of which is SN Marper versus UK 2008, where a database of an accused, a person who was arrested, but later on who was acquitted, or the charges yes. were dropped. So, therefore, yes. you know, in that case, the European Court has gone on to hold that it's a clear violation of the right to privacy. You know, blanket and indiscriminate collection and retention of DNA database is a clear violation. So these are the challenges which the DNA regulatory bill of 2019 will face whenever it becomes yes. a law of the land. Because interestingly, if you look at it conversely also, what if a person is accused in a crime or somebody, the police says, give your DNA, and he says, okay, I will not give it, will it actually adversely affect their defense during the trial? Like you voluntarily not giving your DNA or uh, saying, I will not get tested. Where do you see that falling under this uh, current scenario? Okay. So, you know, in my view, if you read sections 53 and 53A, of the Code of Criminal Procedure 1973. Reasonable yeah. force can be used to collect DNA of the accused. Yes. And, and I don't see any constitutional difficulty with that. Reasonable force has been part of criminal investigation since time immemorial. You know, uh, when an accused is arrested and when he's interrogated, Right. Reasonable force is imposed. So reasonable force is part of criminal investigation. I don't see any constitutional problem with that. So first of all, first of all, the investigative agency can use reasonable force to take the DNA of the accused. Okay. Secondly, if, if the accused resists and if they are not able to collect the DNA, right. Right, right. And right. the principle of adverse inference will apply. Right, automatically. As You're the saying. The principle of adverse inference, you know, if you refuse, if you refuse a legitimate lawful request of an investigating agency, okay. Then the law infers that, you know, it means you have something to hide. So, therefore, that, that refusal is an incriminating piece of evidence that can be used against the accused. Of course, it is not conclusive. It right, is only right. one of the many pieces of circumstances and evidence 
that can be used against the accused. So this is one follow, thing. You know where the consent is not there. Hmm. This will be the fallout. You know of uh, of uh, refusal to give DNA evidence. Right. So I, that's what, because the thing is currently. Uh, given how because there is a lot of criticism about how police are treating minorities minorities in india so what exactly where is the threshold or how do you think uh, the reasonable force uh, you know do you think there is a way we can regulate it or you know just to protect everyone's interests see definitely definitely the risk of profiling is there yes sir. yes you know the risk of profiling is there the moment you have a database with you and you have a yes. dna bank with you yes and then leakages start happening absolutely this is i think this is everywhere this is not just here this is i think a worldwide problem when there is or in future so this is a you know this is the risk in future in future profiling could happen Through a DNA right. database, in terms of caste, you know, in terms yes. of race, in terms of yes. skin color, pedigree, etc. So the risk is there now. Therefore, if the risk is there, in my view, the law should be narrowly tailored. Yes, so it, it yes. It should not be broad. It appears to be quite broad at this point of time. Yes, you know, there yes, has to yes. be minimal intrusion. you know into the privacy of an individual so therefore in my view dna evidence should be collected on a case to case basis right and right. till the pendency of that case it should be kept in a dna bank that's about it just for the duration and yes for that, that duration of the case and only for maybe to start with sexual offenses and homicidal offenses yes you know yes i i i believe i believe that you know the principle of proportionality must be applied by the state right so right. definitely investigating serious crimes is a legitimate social interest it's a legitimate interest of the state so you Absolutely. collect dna evidence but on a case to case basis and keep it in a dna bank because what what happens is normally it is kept in the uh, police station malkhana yeah and it yes putrified in no time yes yes there no so have a dna bank yeah have a dna uh, database but wow the pending hmm. cases only to start with right. you know we I should think, in my view yes. go slow you know go slow i think the, and i think the bill is over ambitious in my view just because you just because you spoke about that there is actually an a uh, provision for expunging the dna evidence uh, but the thing is in the bill it's only currently available for criminal cases and they say there is a, a appeal mechanism and there is no appeal mechanism actually so where do you see that as you said you think the bill should have actually added provisions and said okay for now maybe say for the next 5 years let us start with keeping as you said on a temporary basis and on a case to case basis so you think uh, that will work because currently the the fact that there is no appeal mechanism when they say they they saying okay you can expand you make an application 
and this expunging also they are limiting to criminal cases but however it says you can collect dna in civil cases as well so there can be a lot of misuse where do you think we can you know there are there areas we can address this within the bill itself if you could suggest yes in my view you know expunging has to be taken very seriously and yes, it should be done expeditiously right in the moment the moment we apply the principle of necessity and purpose you know the moment the purpose and necessity is served after collecting the dna evidence right it should be immediately expunged and you know there has to be a legal mechanism there has to be an appellate mechanism absolutely yes then leave it to the data regulatory body and there also you know i feel in my view you know rather than having a data regulatory body appointed by the government of india hmm i in my view there has to be an independent institution yes you know yes. you know rather yes. than having a bureaucratic body you have an independent Absolutely. judicial institution that regulates the collection of data that that regulates you know which is that dna data should that should be kept in the dna bank etc etc and expunging etc and the appellate mechanism so that legal mechanism has to be brought into force has to be brought into play you know in yes, in, in the in the dna uh, uh, regulatory law and it's a very interesting point that you said it has to be independent because it's not something uh you know we've already seen there is a lot of scope for misuse as in if you're reading the sections of the act it a bill itself there is a lot of um, yes and moving on uh i just want to ask you a little bit about rape victims and their right uh, and their rights uh so there are obviously mha guidelines for medical professionals to you know respond and collect evidence from rape victims so that you know dna is actually collected properly and all but in a lot of cases this is not done properly so does a rape victim have a right of recourse in such a case where she goes to complain but it is not taken properly a and evidence is not collected properly thereby you know uh, that window of where viable dna uh, evidence can be collected is closed because uh, you know it, there are also lot of people play, people don't even know that you know you can't you're not supposed to wash off there's a lot of interplay of you know social and legal uh, scenarios that are coming together so what what is the recourse if you go to a hospital or if you go to a police and they refuse to say no you know they say no we'll not uh, take your complaint or you know they don't follow these mha rules for medical professionals what is the recourse ultimately for the rape victim legally uh, you know let, let, let's look at the larger picture first of all i strongly believe that you know we must have sensitization programs for medical professionals especially government hospital government doctors yes. because you know this dna collection this happens in government hospitals government hospital criminal investigation you know yes. the investigating officers have to be sensitized the prosecutors have to be sensitized the judiciary especially the magistracy 
has to be sensitized. First of all, we must sensitize all these authorities, you know, to ensure that DNA is collected in every case of sexual assault, rape yes. and molestation. Secondly, you know, a way of enforcing the MHA guidelines is to yes. put accountability. There has to be accountability. You know, it must affect your service record, your promotion. It, it must be considered to be a dereliction of duty, to say the least. Yes. You know, so that so that there is accountability, there is some deterrence. Right. Investigation is an unbridled horse, in my view. You know, investigation yes. is totally in the hands of the investigating officer. Okay. Yes. He is yes. the Supreme Court of investigation. He is the God of investigation. Yes, yes. No every court, case has absolutely. Yes. No court can direct the manner of investigation. That's the law. So he yes. is the he is the sole repository of investigation in India. Right. Now, having said this, you know there is a limited power in the hands of the magistrate to supervise investigation. Yes. So, so, so therefore, where the victim, where the victim's DNA has not been lifted by the investigating officer, she can move the magistrate's court and say that this is not happening. Please direct the IO, the investigating officer, to lift my DNA. But see, okay. many, many of the victims may not be in that position to move the magistrate. Yes, you know, you yes. need resources, you need a lawyer. And, and as it is, you know, the person has been victimized. And to expect the victim to move the court is, is not yes. fair. So therefore, in my view, the law calls for an amendment and a legal mechanism has to be put in place in CRPC, in the Code of Criminal yes. Procedure 1973, giving a right to the victim to tell the police officer and the magistrate that here, please, please come and collect my DNA and it should be done. Why should yes. the victim have to chase the senior officer, run after the IO and move the court? through lawyers, etc. There has to be a simplified legal mechanism in this direction, which has to be yes. put in place, in my view. Right, right. Here lies the solution to the problem. But as of now, she can tell the IO, she can write to the IO, she can move the senior police officers, she can move yes. the magistrate and get the DNA collector. Right. And again, as you said, this is this can be very difficult in a country like ours where, yes. you know, it's very from the from after the rape happening to her getting justice every way. It, she's just going to face hurdles, if you can say, call them that. So uh, in your practical experience, sir, what is the level of, um, you know, acceptance or maybe you can call it understanding of DNA evidence in uh, in India's courts? And is there, has there been a change, say, maybe from, say, 20 years ago to now? And where do you see this further going on? See, with my experience, 
of about three decades at the bar, I find that DNA is being used more than earlier. Definitely. Yes, sir. You know, when I when I started practice in 1992, I never found DNA being lifted in any case. So yes, there, yes. DNA evidence has grown over time, but we have a long way to go. You know? Absolutely. Okay. Now, see, we 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 need DNA to be collected. In my view, it has to be. It should be mandatorily. It should be a mandate on the investigating yes. agency to collect DNA of the victim and the accused in every case of sexual assault, that is rape, molestation, poxo, etc. Now that yes, has to be made mandatory. If DNA evidence has to be made part of the DNA of the criminal justice system, you have to make it yes. mandatory. And definitely Absolutely. see, Let's understand how the DNA evidence is being used positively in recent times. For example, if you read the Nirbhaya judgment, yes, sir. Yes, sir. In Nirbhaya, DNA has been used extensively. Yes. You know. Yes. DNA DNA was used extensively in DNA in Nirbhaya case. Nirbhaya. As a result of which, what happened? You have. Three verdicts, three consistent verdicts of conviction of all yes. the courts, from the Sessions Court yes. to the High Court to the Supreme Court. Secondly, DNA evidence is a scientific piece of evidence. It lends credibility to the case of the prosecution, as against oral testimonies. Yes. So you know, DNA evidence, that culture has to come in. You know, I, I must tell you. I must tell you, there, there, there is this case that took place in Delhi, where the father was accused by the victim, the daughter right. rape, and she turned hostile in the court when she stepped into the oh. witness box. But okay. because of the DNA evidence, because her DNA, because the father's DNA was found in her private parts, in her inner clothes. Therefore, the father was convicted in spite of the fact that she turned hostile in the witness box. So, DNA is evidence is being used. There, yes. there is definitely there is definitely an increase. It is being used in many more cases than earlier. But we have a long way to go. You know, especially in the interiors of the country. Yes. You know, this that culture, this culture, the yes. DNA. Has to be made a part of the DNA of the criminal justice system, and the criminal justice system is the police station. It starts at the police yes. station. Yes. So the police yes. stations have to be sensitized across the country and the magistracy, because the magistrate is the person before whom the FIR that is registered is filed at the first oh, instance. Yes, Chachi yes. is filed before him. The accused is presented before the magistrate. So it is at these two levels that DNA has to be made mandatory. Yeah. So uh, actually, if you look at it on a on the current level that we are at in India, uh, even there's like there's like a lack of standardized standardization when it comes to collection, storage, and even preservation. So how much do you think that is also impacting on whether DNA is being used as evidence, say, in in trial going forward, currently? Because you know you don't even have that collected 
what would you say is the impact currently you know if in this scenario that we have right now and is there any way we can address that you know because sensitization and all are long term plans like you know do you think that there's something something that can be done in the short term because rapes are happening you know women are getting affected so what do you think probably can be a short term solution see de- definitely it's a big challenge now this this is a very good question and it's a very big challenge yes and it is very frequent that the dna and the other scientific pieces of evidence why only dna you know blood samples blood samples yes absolutely all these most of these in most of the cases get putrefied in the malkhanas of the police stations you know the malkhanas of the police stations if you if you ever get to visit one of them it's 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 a sorry state of affairs you know it's a it's a dingy dingy rooms you know with uh, termite mice and all a large part of the animal kingdom will insect kingdom will be found over there and with leaking roofs with right dampness in those rooms dingy rooms and easy manipulations happen in the malkhanas absolutely so the, whole, the whole infrastructure of collecting dna evidence needs a change needs a reform right. you know and then what happens delay yes dna yes. evidence is collected it is there is a delay in sending it to the lab fsl lab right then yes, there is a problem yes. there is a problem in the chain of custody which is exploited by defense councils every day right it is very frequently argued where was this where was this dna kept who took it to the yes. lab who received it at the lab when did it leave the malkhana when did it reach the lab and they find so many discrepancies in the chain of custody right yes now all these things weaken the evidence see dna evidence is admissible admissibility is permissibility to take it as a piece of evidence but it weakens the case so therefore you know you the only solution to this problem is to enhance and improvise the infrastructure basically start from grassroots level storage preservation see that's where the the dna data bank comes uh, into the picture and that's that's yes. the positive part of the dna regulatory bill of 2019 you know it seeks to professionalize the collection storage and preservation of dna evidence so that has to that has to you know improve the system has to improve i i in the current scenario i have a suggestion for the policy makers that you know whenever there is a rape case or a sexual assault case or a homicide case rather than the police the local police officer getting a local medical fellow to collect the dna evidence the fsl lab should send their representative to collect the evidence you know Absolutely. all this chain of custody first the dna is being collected it is being kept in the police station malkhana it goes from x to y to z to a to b ultimately reaches the lab 
and then there are so many manipulations that may take place there are so many gaps that may happen yes which weakens this evidence See, you have to prove a criminal case beyond reasonable doubt yes absolutely and the accused yes, has to only show doubt in the prosecution case so enough doubts are created in the process of collection storage and preservation of dna evidence so you need to beef up the entire infrastructure because dna is an important piece of evidence you know right it goes a long way to convict the criminal and to protect the innocent also yes sir definitely all case from a false prosecution yes i uh, just wanted to ask uh, are there any currently at any level is there dna sensitization programs being undertaken just at for the police or for the judges i am not really aware of uh, you know whether i don't think we have you know we have specified dna centers it is happening at the fsls you know at this point okay. of time the forensic okay. uh, labs across the country okay. and uh, you know there is a big problem over there in terms of infrastructure you know yes, we need yes. three more of those labs and the labs take months together to give their reports so that that's an area yes. that's an area of concern but i yes, i definitely. don't think you have specified uh, specific specified notified dna centers which are okay. collecting storing and preserving only dna evidence i think it is sought to be done under the dna okay. regulatory bill DNA, yes. of 2019 okay and just uh, are the judges trained in uh, dna so are they sensitized enough uh is another question so at the say magistrate level at the lowest level i'm not talking about the supreme court level i'm saying That's at the grassroots level interesting question but let me tell you we are in an adversarial justice yes. system where the judge decides on the basis of the evidence produced by both the parties so the yes. judge the judge is as helpless you know as as okay. uh, as anybody because he has to decide the case in accordance with the evidence presented before him so if Absolutely. dna evidence is produced before him he will take that into cognizance if it is not produced before him he can't do anything about it but definitely there is an increase in the sensitization you know of the judiciary okay. the our judiciary is very independent and very intelligent let me tell you it is willing yes. to look at uh you know newer pieces of evidence you know i i appear i appear uh, in all the courts and i find you know even at the lowest rung even the magistrate he is willing yes, to look at all pieces of scientific evidence and scientific evidence is not new so dna evidence is not something that has come suddenly from the moon or jupiter the yes, scientific yes. evidence has been there since time immemorial So it's a new piece of evidence. So judges are willing to adopt the DNA evidence, and it is being That adopted. Also, yes. so there is enough sensitization. There is scope for much more. There is scope for improvisation, definitely. But okay. judges are sensitive to DNA evidence, in my view. I think that's a great positive we can take, at least at some level. so you know maybe going forward i think that will help us get where india would want to be in terms of dna collection 
and uh, thank you so much for joining us sir is there anything else you want to add in, in whether about the pleasure interacting on this platform and thank you, uh, you know and i must uh, i must say that uh, that uh, the questions were very intelligibly framed and you know i could uh, we could go into the entire spectrum surrounding uh, dna evidence yes sir thank, thank you. you so much thank you so much for joining us